so vain I'm pretty sure this song is about me I'm so vain Don't you think this song is about me? Don't you, don't you Oh, today is Tuesday, May 18th, 2021. My name is Joe Batanz, and I am the host of a little show called This Joe Batanz, a show where my friends and I all get together and share war stories from our time of working at Target. It's a pretty fascinating show. If you like hearing stories about Target, it all happens right here on just on Jizz. On Jizz Joe Batanz on Afterthought Media. All right, whatever. Like I said at the top of the show, my name is Joe Batanz, and this is the episode for Tuesday, May 18th, 2021. Uh, I don't, I, what do I say usually after that? You know, here we are talking about things that happened to me. We actually have a lot of stories that are carrying over from an episode I did two days ago, which is very strange. You know, we skipped over a day, but uh, we are going to uh, <clears throat> talk about them now. So, uh, let me go to my little Trello page where I have, I think I'm getting better at using the Trello. So when we last left you, uh, one of the, uh, we, we last left you, I was at Chris and Mercedes house and, uh, we had a charcuterie board. Thai food was on the way and I devoured this, most of the charcuterie board. It was a little embarrassing if I'm being honest. And but I told you I met um Mercedes' daughter's kindergarten teacher Bree and her husband John and he is a, a neuroscientist at UCLA. Now one of the things you should know and I don't have ever talked about this is I think no look, Chris and Mercedes love me for a number of reasons because they've known me for years. I'm like family, whatever. But I think one of the the qualities that I bring to the table is my gift of gab. And, you know, Chris is just by very nature an introvert, okay? And so he's actually he's actually really good at small talk. But I think – but for him to do small talk, uh, it literally drains his soul of all its energy like most introverts. You know, as we all know, we're all smart people here. Introverts uh, can muster the energy to appear to be an extrovert, but it, it – it really drains them of their energy. And Chris is definitely one of those people. It drains him, you know, on the higher end of for people. Like it, it takes a lot out of him to muster that energy. But when he does, he's actually quite good at it. But I think one of the qualities I bring to the table is I can play that role. Mercedes is naturally an extrovert, but she's also a mother, you know, and she's the hostess. And so, you know, in a typical uh, family relationship, you know, in these kinds of classic dinner party relationships, what you have in the nuclear family kind of model is that as the wife is, you know, playing hostess, that the husband is playing host, uh, and entertaining the guests while the wife is either getting dinner together or working with the kids or whatever. Or are they tag team? This is, this is, I'm just saying it's traditionally what happens. 
And so I think one of the values that I bring to the relationship with them is because of how close I am to them and know them so well that I actually step in for both of them, uh, not in the mothering part or anything like that, but like when I'm there with guests that they don't necessarily know so well, Bree and John are a perfect example. They really just know them as their daughter's kindergarten teacher and her husband. They can, they can go about their hosting duties and I'm entertaining them and keeping them occupied. And so they don't have to worry about that part. And Chris and Mercedes often have a lot of guests over. So often that is my value or, or, or they'll invite me over because they know it's what I'm going to do just naturally. And I know that's kind of what my role is. It's been my role for 15 years or something, at least 10. Okay. Definitely at least 10. Um, because I think it was like 10 years ago when they christened me sister husband, you know, uh, because I played a unique role at the time because, um, Mercedes had a friend, but Chris had someone that he could relate to as well. Um, anyway, the point is that I asked a lot of questions of John and I, and I got some very interesting information. One of the first questions I asked him, cause he, he made it known he's not a medical doctor. He's just a researcher in neuroscience and um, and that he realized he, he thought he wanted to be a medical doctor, but that he didn't really have the people skills to be a medical doctor. I told him, actually, I go, a lot of doctors don't have the people skills to be medical doctors. But uh, he but, you know, we I asked him a lot of questions about neuroscience and what he was working on. And and I said, I think this is a very interesting question. I feel like when you talk to a scientist or or somebody who works in technology or something like that is especially as a more researchery researchery wonky type. I asked him, I said, listen, maybe not what you're working on or what in, in the sort of like current state of affairs in your field. What is something that we can look forward to 10, 20, 30 years down the line in neuroscience? And you could tell that was the kind of question that really excited him. And so he went on and on. I would tell you, I don't, it didn't make no sense to me. I think it had something to do along the lines of what we're seeing right now with research in mice is that they're able to remotely control the, the, um, neural impulses of, the mice in their brain or in their heart, which could be effective in the future, you know, down the line where it could be perhaps where, you know, your heart, if you have a bad heart or maybe you have some sort of neural neurological, uh, 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 disease affecting your brain where they could uh, basically remotely control it so that to, to compensate for when it's going awry or they can make your heart beat regularly and make sure it's beating regularly or they can make sure that, you know, maybe if you have a Parkinson's, I don't know if Parkinson's a neurological disease or not, but like they can control the tremors and whatnot. And I go, oh, that's very, very interesting. That's something very interesting to look forward to or see what's going to happen in the future. If they can do something that regulates it, not right now it has to be all internal, but if they can regulate it from the outside, that'd be kind of cool. And, um, and then with the wife, I was asking questions about, you know, cause they lived in Vermont for many years, uh, and, and for Breeze at half her life, but I don't, she, she's one of the people that could be 50 or 20. I couldn't tell. And, uh, we asked about Vermont, the differences between teaching in Vermont and teaching here in not only Los Angeles, but in a very like entertainment show businessy type of Hollywood. I mean, of school. And, uh, so we were talking about that. 
And it was all super interesting. Um, and then we went home. It was a very pleasant evening. And uh, I drove home. And then I got home and I was talking to my parents. To me, it was a very boring, normal conversation. And uh, and uh, it was a very boring, normal conversation. And then I, I went upstairs and uh, I think I talked to Aiden for a little bit. And then I went to bed. Or try to go to bed. We'll come back to that in a second. Well, I wake up in the morning. I'm leaving out important parts of this story. But there's a reason I'm leaving important parts of this story out. In that um, I wake up in the morning. And I'm having breakfast with the parents. And they say to me, were you drunk last night? And I was like, no, not at all. I didn't feel drunk. And they go, well, did you drink? And I, I lied. I said, no, they didn't even have a drop of alcohol. We're going to get back to the answer on that in a second. But but I, the part that wasn't a lie was I truly did not feel tipsy. I didn't feel drunk. I didn't feel anything uh, inebriated whatsoever. I wasn't buzzed. I didn't feel any of that stuff. When I was talking to Aiden about it later, he was like, well, how many drinks did you have? Like three? And when I did the math, remember, I took a bottle of wine to, if you remember from a couple of days ago, I took a bottle of wine to Trevor, a bottle of rosé, and he and I split it. So I had about two and a half glasses of wine. And then um, uh, I went to Chris and Mercedes' house. I took a bottle of rosé. I think I only had one. No, 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 no. I had two glasses of rosé at Mercedes' house. And then Chris made a cocktail. So I had five drinks. Oh, now, Grant, now listen, hold on for a second. I had five drinks over the course of seven hours. So it wasn't like five drinks in two hours. It was five drinks over seven hours. Okay. And so maybe that's part of it. I don't know. But, um, uh, so, because my parents said that I was slurring my words and that I was talking really loud. Okay. Now the only evidence I have that I may have had um, more than I thought I did was when I was trying to sleep. And I noticed in my older age, this is more pronounced, you know, when you drink red wine, even though Rosé is not technically a red, red wine, it's like, I don't know what is actually technically considered is, um, of with me at least when you drink red wine there is the initial sleepiness which i didn't i don't get that with rosé but there is also i can't remember what it, i was reading a description about this but like there's a chemical and that chemical um makes you very uh energetic and almost anxious and that was kicking in when i was about to go to sleep and so i found it difficult to fall asleep i did eventually fall fall asleep um, but it, I found it more difficult than usual. Like I was felt, I felt like sort of like, um, I don't know if anxious is the right word, but that like heart racing feeling, you know, like you're like, you want to get up and do that. Like, you had caffeine, that kind of feeling. And, but I went to sleep and I slept fine. Um, but then I, that's the only evidence I had. There's another, so here's the thing. There's another bit to the story that I'm keeping to now, and I have not even talked about this with Aiden. I did talk about it with Sweet Michael today, but um, but again, I didn't think anything of it at the time, right? It's so funny. I didn't think anything of it at the time, but when I was driving home from Malibu, 
and I was talking to Aiden. Um, I don't remember how this song came up, but this song came up. Oh, no, no, Aiden. That's not what I, I can't remember. Aiden and I were talking. Then he had to go for like five minutes. I can't remember why. So in that five minutes, I listened to music. And on the shuffle on my Spotify, this song came up, which I was thinking, oh, this would be a very pretty song to play at, um, uh, do you hear my mom yelling in the background? Like, it's like I said, I'm going to podcast. She says, okay, let me go into the living room, the room right outside this and yell and scream. She's, ta- she's not yelling, screaming. She's talking. She's having a very animated discussion with somebody in the other room. Anyway, uh, so, uh, I didn't think anything of it. Oh, so it's a song. I was like, oh, this is a great song. I want to play this song in Seattle when we're like, you know, we have a really nice hotel room with a view of the city and, and there's also a rooftop that overlooks the city in this hotel. Like, I want to listen to this song when we're like, you know, cuddling and looking at the city from the hotel room or something, you know? And, um, I played it for Aiden and he really liked it. He goes, Oh yeah, this is a really pretty song, right? He goes, where did you get this song? And I remembered that I got it from Cameron. Cameron had introduced me to that song. And and I, 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 Aiden, I don't have a thing where I can't tell him that. So I said, Oh, Aiden, Cameron played it for me one time. He goes, Oh, okay, whatever. So when I got home, and this must have been the alcohol talking because I still don't regret it to this day. I just sent Cameron a text message and I said, hey, heard a song that reminded me of you today. Um, I missed the music you used to pick for me because it's true. He used to pick all the music. I liked his taste in music and he would make playlists for me. And I said, I don't think I've heard a new song since 2017. Uh, maybe hopefully one day we can be friends. And then after that, I followed it with a cunty comment and said, in no way was this question asking, no way was this text message meant to ask you for nudes, you know? And then I saw that he read it, but he left me on read. Now, here's the deal. I literally do not give a shit. I don't give a shit. I haven't even thought about it until right now. I just, I brought it up because I was talking to Sweet Michael about it. And uh, I, because now my new policy is going to be, I shouldn't, it's weird. I don't regret it and like, oh my God, I shouldn't have said that, right? Like, I don't care. If he doesn't respond or whatever he thinks, that's on him, you know? Uh, No, so Sophie says in the chat room, in the Discord, Joe really needs to delete Cameron's number. So that's exactly what happened. When I was talking to Sweet Michael today, I said, in fact, you know what I'll do it right now on the air. Um, I told Michael, I said, listen, I'm going to delete Cameron's number. And if I ever ask for it, please do all the tests it takes to make sure I'm not drunk. And he was like, uh, we laughed. And I was, he was like, okay. So um, I'm actually going to go delete it right now. Delete contact. Delete contact right now. Delete. Like, I really don't care. I really, really, this is not, and this is not me going, ah, 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 I don't care. I really don't. But I don't know what, because... The only regret is not what I said, but I've had no desire to text Cameron in eight months, nine months. And I don't have a desire to text him now for some reason in that moment, but not, it wasn't even doing it. Like I'm texting my ex-boyfriend. It was just like, Oh, this crossed my mind. And I didn't even think about it. I didn't think about it until I talked to Michael about it. And, um, we were just catching up on our lives and he knows Cameron very well. And I go, Oh, Ha 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 ha. Oh no, you know how it really came up. And here's a funny story. 
how it came up was we started talking about OnlyFans again. And I had said in, in talking about um uh about how uh, my cousin Richard, as we know, people who follow my cousin Richard knows that his Instagram can be very salacious. And so when I hung out with Richard last and he's now he's now quit teaching. Right. And he was confiding in me that, you know, yeah, it's, it, you know, especially with now going back from the pandemic, he's starting to run out of cash. He's trying to find a way to make cash. And so I had suggested to him, uh, why don't you do OnlyFans? Now, he said because he wants to be like a, a television writer that he doesn't think that's a good idea. So that's fine. But I was telling and talking to Michael, I was saying, ha, 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 ha. If he were Cameron, he would think I was asking for nudes. And then that's when I remembered that I had texted him that night. And then I told him, I go, I'm going to delete his number. Can you make sure I'm not? I don't. I go, I didn't feel drunk, but can you give me some sort of test to make sure? Because, I, guys, I 100% have zero feelings for Cameron. I promise. And, and I, like I told you, this is a really horrible thing to say. It's 100% for superficial reasons. He looks gross. He looks like a cigarette as a, of a person, like of a person with a cigarette or if a cigarette was a person, like I literally do not. We're only, I think a few years from him looking like a guy named Smitty whose skin is gray and hangs outside of a bar, right? And has way too many. I mean, we're we're not far from that. Like, I'm, I promise she is not looking cute, okay? Uh, Raymer said, taking songs back from exes is always important. Yeah, look, I didn't even, what's funny, I didn't even think about that song being a Cameron song until Aiden asked me. Now, I do want to get to another topic because it is important and uh, we won't get to it otherwise, even though there's no resolution. Okay, so you know what? I'm going to save... The story of of Aiden hurt my feelings very badly this morning, but I haven't talked to him about it yet, and I actually may not talk about it to him until I get to Seattle. Since there's, since there's no resolution, I'll just keep it here. Um, but maybe I'll give you the cliffhanger before. But let me finish this story right now because this is a story I do want to tell. Because I don't know if I'll get to it. So last night after I recorded this Joba dance, um, I decided to go run some errands. And I needed to go take some checks of the banks. A couple of banks needed checks to be deposited. One for Afterthought, one for the nonprofit, all kinds of things, right? So I go, you know what? I'm not doing anything. Oh, and I needed gas really badly. I was in fumes, like literally like a mile or something. So I said, you know what? I will just do this now. It's like, I don't want to have to go somewhere tomorrow and be like, oh my God, I need gas. You know, like I have the time. So why don't we do it? So I go to the bank, deposit, go to the bank, deposit. It's somewhere around there. Aiden calls me on his way home from work. And um, we're chit-chatting, and something you should know was about less than a week ago, a few days ago, I don't remember when, I was on the phone with Aiden when he was getting gas, and he, a guy came up to him in Seattle and said some sort of sob story about how he uh, wasn't, um, uh, Hold on for a second. Solandra is telling me something right now. Anyway, that he, you know, hold on. I'm going to actually pause this. Why don't we get to the audio? We're going to, I'm going to pause it and we can finish the story. But this homeless person asked Aiden for money, right? And I, now we'll talk about my policy in a second. But what Aiden did was Aiden talked to him and was like, oh yeah, I think I have some money in my car. And I was like, 
what a bad idea, right? (laughs) I don't think it's personally a good idea, but we'll talk about it in a second. And uh, because Aiden was at a gas station and he goes, oh, I have some money. And then Aiden, the guy goes, oh, thank you so much. God bless you. And uh, I go, oh, you gave him money? And And he goes, yeah. And I go, how much did you give him? And he said, $20. And I was like, 20 motherfucking dollars? I go, Aiden, that I'm poor and my car broke down is literally the oldest fucking trick in the book. And then Aiden said, I'm going to pause the audio right there. Aiden said, well, if he's scamming me, he's scamming me. You know, that's that has nothing to do with me. I have the money. I'm lucky I have the tip money and whatever. So if he needs the money, I'd rather he have the money. And if he doesn't, then I don't care what he does with the money. He asked for it, and I'm going to give it to him because I can't. And I was like, okay, well, he's scamming you, right? And uh, so that was a few days ago, okay? And then... Last night, I go to the gas station. And by the way, the gas station I went to, I just went there because it was convenient and cheap. But it's only the second time I've been to this gas station. The second time in my life that I've been to this gas station. The first time I went, someone came up to me and pulled this fucking, I'm poor. I don't have any money, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, yeah, I have no cash. Moved on with my life. The second time. The second time I'm... There, a guy comes up to me, he's like, hey, bro, I hate to do this, you know, but, and he starts giving me this, I was so already tuned out, not listening, that it was some sob story about getting a divorce, and he waiting for his disability check, and he has no job, and blah, 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 and I was just like, and he needs gas. So, I did, and Aiden on the phone, and I can tell he's very quiet, and he's listening to what my response is. So I'm like, son of a bitch. But I had told Aiden then, I go, look, if someone asks you for gas money, I don't mind giving someone gas money, but I'll pay for the gas, right? So I go, yeah, uh, what pump are you on? And he goes, I'm on 10. I go, all right, I'll go in and I'll buy you some gas. And he goes, thanks, bro. And so I go in and I say, uh, uh, can I put 15 on 10, right? And the big fat Mexican guy behind the counter is like, Okay. And I go, hey, let me ask you a question, big fat Mexican guy. This guy just asked me to put gas in for him. What's the scam on that? He goes, what? I go, yeah, what's the scam? Like, why is it every time I come here? And the guy goes, oh, no. And then uh, I just leave, right? So then I tell the guy, hey, I put in, uh, I put money on there. I put $15 on there. He goes, thank you, man. Bless you. And then uh, he goes, he starts playing with it. And he goes, it doesn't work. It's not working. It's not reading that I, I anything. And I go, oh, really? And he goes, yeah. I go, all right, hold on. Let me go in. And I go in. I go, hey, the guy says it's not working. And the girl goes, oh, you have to press it really hard. I go, okay. I go out there and say, hey, they said you have to press it really hard. And he goes, uh, okay, he's just pressing it really, really hard. He goes, no, it's still not working. I go, all right, let me go talk to them, right? But as I'm, I'm 10 steps away, he goes, oh, wait, no, now it's working. And I go, all right. So, um, and then I left. And Aiden was like, you see, he wasn't cheating you. I go, I don't know what the scam is. 
But I could tell Aiden got kind of upset with me that I was still thinking it was a scam. And I actually did some Googling. I couldn't find any evidence of a scam. If, it, if somebody knows what that scam is, I this is what I said. I go, look, here are the different scenarios, okay? That's, Travi, that's what I said. Travi, that is exactly what I said. Okay, so Travi, tra- I'll tell you what Travi said in a second. I said, here's the scenario. I go, A, he really needs gas. And if he really needs gas, I'm glad I gave him 15 bucks, right? B, he was hoping I would give him cash, right? And then, uh, uh, and then he would, uh, just take the cash. Yay, win. That's the ideal situation. C is that he just gets a tank full of gas. He's like, okay, well, I got free gas out of this, right? D is that the guy, um, at the, the cashier at the gas station, cause I was like, I was telling Aiden, I go, you're telling me in this gas station, and it was kind of empty, by the way, it wasn't empty, empty, but it was only like two cars and him, right? They're working there. They can see this guy walking around, basically panhandling, and they don't chase him away. And then they don't know what I'm talking about. And also, the two times that I've been there, they've done this thing to me where they asked for money for gas. They don't know what I'm talking about, right? I go, it could be that he waited till I left. He put in like a dollar of gas and then goes up into the guy and then they, he says like, or maybe if the, if the guy's in on it, like, oh, I didn't use up all the money. And then the guy gives him the cash back and then they split it. Um, or it could be that I leave, he puts in a dollar of gas and then gas. And then when someone comes by, he goes, Hey, I, I paid too much for gas and there's $15 here. If you give me 10 bucks, you can have this gas or $15 worth of gas for 10 bucks. Anyway, so I start going through all the scenarios and Aiden's like, God, I could tell kind of upset. And he's like, well, at the end of the day, if that's what he did, that's what he did. Why do you care what he did with it? And I, I don't know. I could tell he got kind of cross with me. And so, uh. That was the state of thing, but like it's. I mean, I it it is a wonderful thing that he is so uh, b- uh, trustful and believing of people, and maybe it shows that I'm a jaded fool. But and maybe he's right. What he does with the money is none of my business. I did my good deed, you know. And then what happens is between him and uh, whatever higher power there is. I don't know. Well, guys, we will talk about it next time. I think we'll do a Thursday show after I have lunch with Richard right here on This Joe Batanz, right here on Afterthought Media.